Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The sound of endurance racing around the world. This is RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Hello everyone, Richard Crow here and welcome to On The Grid, a weekly in-depth look at the Australian motorsport scene here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. On The Grid covers everything from supercars to S5000, TCR to Australian GT and a whole heap more. Weekly spread of interviews, news, views and opinion on what makes the sport tick down under. We'd love to have you involved as well. If you've got any questions about Antipodean racing, drop us a line on the socials by using at the Racetalk on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, and we'll include your question in the next show. So that's it from me. Grab a beer, put a snag on the Barbie, fire up some Bathurst on the TV, and crank up your V8 and enjoy an Aussie look at our great sport. And let's welcome the show's host with the most, the voice of the Melbourne cricket ground as well, is Tony Shebecki. G'day everyone, thank you for joining us again. Big show today, Mark Walker caught up with Holden and supercar legend Craig Lowndes for a chat. Dale Rogers and I look back at what has been a big week in the world of motorsport. And Richard Crow has the week off. Lucky. Lara Lowndes, Craig Lowndes, welcome to On The Grid. We're currently on a boat. Apologies for the audio. Is every day this busy, Craig? Uh, well, I think, well, it is, to be honest. I think there's no doubt that uh, when you're not driving or racing, you're doing other promotions and PR stuff for sponsors, um, whether they're personal or part of the team. So today was a personal one. And... Lara, a couple of years out of being a full-time driver, has he, is he home more? Like, what's the, the deal? You think you'd give up the full-time driving and have a lot more spare time? Negative. I don't ever need time to think about that. So, <laughs> no, I mean, look, and it's a blessing in some respects. I mean, you, you're very fortunate you're able to step straight into a TV role. Um, and obviously, team commitments, while you're not driving full-time, you're still full-time in the commentary, so you're still at race weekends every weekend, um, plus all the other commercial commitments, as you just mentioned. Plus, you know, you've been stepping in a little bit and helping with Super 2 test days and just sort of, you know, trying to dial up and help help a little bit more of the younger guys. Um put some time into that so again short answer no (laughs) (laughs) this year particularly weird with the whole having to go for the flyaways you're an imposter into the uh into the bubble sort of thing of supercars as a queenslander is pretty unusual so how did did 2020 sort of play out for you because you started out 12 hour which seems like a decade ago you did one race at the grand prix and a stint at bathurst I've been flat out. Um, it's, it's, oh, Driving-wise, has been terrible, to be honest. I think that uh, normally we, we would have done some more testing. Uh, we would have had a 500, uh, then Bathurst, obviously, then Gold Coast. So the COVID side of it and the reshuffling of the, of the calendar has been um, uh, terrible in that regard. But I think I've been lucky, though, that because we're Queensland-based, that we've still been able to travel to races, although we have, as you said, been in a bubble. Um, and it's been quite weird. I think from uh, Darwin, Townsville, uh, to Tail and Bend, um, where the back of the garages are all basically we're caged off and the, the crowds, the spectators can't come anywhere near us. So for me, the, the even in the interaction of Bathurst, I, uh, we talked about this, when I drove, left the car, uh, drove and left pit lane and drove the car to, to uh, the grid, 
got out of the car and there was no one there. It was just literally the crew. I actually felt like it was a test day. So there was just no atmosphere. There was just nothing. And um, But the good thing is, is that we've been able to keep racing and maintain that side of it, especially for the fans at home. I think everyone's been starving for something to watch. doesn't matter what sport it is. And I think that uh, Supercars have done a fantastic job this year to maintain that bubble. I know that uh, post-Bathurst, we actually quarantined over to South Australia. Um, we all had to quarantine, um, but we chose to go to South Australia because we'd never really driven uh, across there and, and ventured around and had a look. So that was nice to be able to do that and, uh, and of course, see some parts of Australia we have never seen before. Like we saw the, the Callies road trip and you guys had a bit of, bit of fun as well. Uh, it's a weird opportunity 2020's presented for a lot of people. I mean, obviously from the miles point, you didn't get as many race miles in, but... Uh, Got to see some cool things, and, and especially with your lockdown at the double header events like Darwin and Townsville and Adelaide as well. Got to uh, spend a bit of time in those places. Yeah, I think the good thing is, is these supercars again, we're trying to uh, showcase the, I suppose, the areas of where we were racing. So in Darwin, we went to, to Tiwi Island um, to have a look at that and, and do some barra fishing with uh, J- Davey Reynolds and um, James Courtney. Um, Townsville, we went out to the reef and went diving with uh, Fabian. So we tried to then showcase some of the areas of where we actually race. Instead of just being a racetrack, it's, it's trying to show people um, you know, what, what actually we have in our backyard. And, and even just getting back to the quarantining, um, seeing some pubs and, and roads and people that you just never would, would have seen. We, we said that we will drive up the Birdsville track because we've never done it before and uh, what, what an experience that was. So yeah, we literally did what the Callies did in reverse and uh, did quarantine to get back into Queensland which was a lot of fun and uh, you know uh, showed Lara a big red and, and got out to Birdsville um, although it was 48, uh, 46 degrees so uh, yeah it was damn hot. So you're doing a lot of off-roading at the moment. You've won the Australian <laughs> Safari before. If, if something like that came up on the agenda again, would you have a, would you have a crack? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think there's no doubt that uh, you know I'd love to do something. I think that uh, you know even seeing what Shane did in New Zealand, you know, having a crack at a proper rally car and uh, proper yeah. rally car being the operative word. I brought you over to the dark side of rally. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lara's that background's rally, so uh, yeah, like, like it. A bit of fun. So. One thing I was trying to get at before, with being so busy, you guys are involved with a lot of charitable uh, causes, which is awesome. Um, Lara, for you, one that I, I became in contact with very closely was the Common Good up at the Prince Charles Hospital. Uh, do an incredible job up there with that side of things, and you're very heavily involved with that. Yeah, I'm a board director, so I've been a board director um, for the Common Good, which is an initiative of the Prince Charles Hospital Foundation for three years, um, and I've just been reappointed for my sins for another five. Um, so it, it's my background. I mean, I'm a pharmacogeneticist, so it's something that's very close to my heart, um, pardon the pun, with a heart and lung transplant hospital for Queensland. Um, so yeah, and I mean, obviously, and I mean, I've always said, I don't sit next to you in the race car, you don't sit next to me at my desk while I'm working. It's really important that we both have our own individual things that we're passionate about to work on. So yeah, and for me, that's, you know, contributing and donating my time to the board, the common good. Um, and actually, yeah, seeing, it's it's fantastic when you can hear stories like yourself, where you know that an organisation that is actually just running on the smell of an oily rag, that we're all in there, sleeves pulled up, including board directors, actually directly touch people's families, heart transplant patients, people that have been in ICU, you know, the list goes on. So 
there's a bit of a motorsport connection in there at the moment. A lot of people uh, know someone who's on board there. Uh, at the Common Good? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, no, great. So there is. Yeah, <laughs> I've, um, I've poached, shall we say. So um, recently, I'm not sure, you know, particularly those that don't live in Queensland, it's a, a stalwart of Brisbane culture, basically, when you go to the Echo, which is our royal show. Um, you get a dad with dog and you get a strawberry sundae, so, which is synonymous with going to the Echo. So we actually received the proceeds from those strawberry sundays. That's an initiative of the common good. This year with COVID, obviously the echo being cancelled, all the activities, our cycle of giving, etc., all being cancelled, that's a massive loss to a charity like us. So and that again directly impacts people that are at the coalface with families in hospital, people incredibly unwell and I mean just trying to actually create medical discoveries. So as part of that, it was a pretty gloomy board meeting in June where we all sort of sat around and looked at each other with very pale faces and wide eyes. Um, so we made the decision that we needed to do something big, get something going. We actually had pop-up strawberry Sunday stalls and um, take-home packs. But as part of that, I pulled our CEO aside. I'm like, I've got the guy for you. So he's a doer. He's a fantastic guy. He's very well known in supercars. There's a lot of people that have a huge amount of respect for him. And that's what I said. If we're going to do this, we need to do a properly and this is your guy so we've actually poached ben nightingale formerly of um djr team penske and before that supercars themselves uh so yeah now he's our communications and media boss now in at the common good so very happy indeed keeping it in the family oh that's exactly right and i mean he's just an awesome operator a lot of people like you said have huge respect for him so it's good that he's landed on his feet there and involved with a very good cause other things that you guys are involved with, Mates for Mates, RSPCA, so there's a lot going on <laughs> sort of behind the scenes that not necessarily a lot of people would see. Yeah, I mean, you don't go out there and stand on the street corner and say, hey, look at what we're doing. I mean, and also we've, we've got a very close connection with, and you're the ambassador for the Australian Road Safety Foundation. You're actually off to Canberra to meet with the minister on Friday to do the Christmas road safety message. So, yeah, I mean, look, sport's been very good to us, um, and you've been very fortunate to have such a fantastic career in sport. You can't, our view is you can't just take, you have to give back. So there's so many punters out there, people whose lives these organisations touch. Um, but it's, I guess we've been very deliberate in, deliberate in selecting a couple because if we're going to stand by an organisation, we, you know, skin in the game, sleeves rolled up, you've got to get in there and be doing it, not just be a token, have it on your website and that's it. So, yeah, it's a pretty proud part of our life. But again, we don't sort of gloat about it. No, it's very good. Well done, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sort of, it, it's one of those things, as Lara said, like, that we chose those ones because they're close to our heart. Like the RSPCA for us, we both love animals. We've got a rescue dog at home. So, you know, we feel for, for what they do and, and how they do it. And, and um, the Waco, uh, Waco um, outlet is, is something that's, you know, we, we've, we've helped, we actually helped raise some money for them. Um, so that for us was a great uh, initiative, the Mates for Mates. We've done a number of things. We go to their barbecues and, and, and just listen to some of the stories of, of the returned soldiers and, and what they go through trying to uh, reconnect with the, with the normal gen, general day-to-day sort of living than, than obviously than what they've been trained for. So it, it is a massive undertaking that, that, that they go through and Mates for Mates and not only just for that, it, it's the... Uh, the psychological side of it, the rehabilitation of it, and uh, you know, Lara's mum served. Um, so it is close to our heart, and uh, and your 
grandfather. Yeah. So uh, for for us, it's it is, is something that is very easy to to get back and, and get behind and support it and give back. So 2021 is just around the corner, and. 2020 buggered up a lot of things for a lot of people and I mean you're at the stage where you're looking down the barrel or doing some more international events some Le Mans or Spa or, or whatnot that you've been red hot keen to do but still we're sort of in this bubble in Australia that is making life very difficult for that. Well, it is, and I think that's why we've done the 12 hour so many times now. I think that because of that international connection and, and a lot of drivers that I've, I've raced against previously in my, in my former life being in Europe. So that was always a great foundation for us because, you know, we obviously we know Bathurst extremely well. The cars are very different, but, uh, you know, the performance and, and the the ability of drivers, uh, Mikasalo and a few that we've been with, have been incredible. So it's really, for us, 12 hours has been really important. You know, that's not on the calendar for next year, which is, which is a damn shame because it also gave us a bit of a leg in to talking to the international drivers and teams to see whether we could do some more things overseas. You know, this year we, we potentially had a tw- uh, Le Mans 24-hour, which I've been quacking on about for all my life, um, Spa 24-hour, uh, opportunity to race, which that was something Spa we've done, but we would have loved to go on back and do again. So yeah, the COVID side of it, it's, it's caused a lot of headaches. I know that like Shane Van Gisberg and Tim Slade, a few of us all had uh, potentials to be at Le Mans. Um, and, we, and again, whether 2021 now opens that door again, whether we can start travelling, that's a whole new unknown and uh, we've just got to sit and wait. I mean, we probably shouldn't forget Bathurst. You'd like to forget Bathurst 2020. What a bummer. It's just not a, a Jamie Wincup thing to have happen. I mean, I think it was shock more than anything that he, he wound up in the fence. It's just not something that he does. Yeah, no, it's not. Now, look, we're all human. We all make mistakes. But, um, you know, I, I started the race, did my stint, got out, um, and, and the car was coming to us, or the track was coming to the car. So, you know, we were feeling more comfortable with it. I was actually in the transporter when Lara got the, the word um, that there was a safety car initially and we thought oh well that's, a, that's okay great save some fuel and then realising it was us mm. um, that was the shock that was the like holy like what happened and I literally then ran back to the garage to see what happened saw the replay and yeah it was a little bit uncharacteristics of um, Jamie to, to do a, or have a mistake like that but as I said we're all human well that was 2020 uh, have you got any four wheel driving tips say reversing what would you say about reversing a four-wheel drive um if you're not good at it practice it um and i know lara is actually you know, a damn good reverser and uh she reverses the caravan into spots that uh, um i mean um, the bigger the, the unit the easier it is to reverse there you go. yeah <laughs> i'd have told her that give me a box trailer and i would get a little bit sweaty but, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so, driving tips don't put him in a car park Shocker. Hey, 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 don't give up all my secrets. Shocker in a car park. Can't park to save himself, but you're too polite. That's the thing. You've got to commit, buddy. <laughs> all right, okay. <laughs> this, is, this is big. We finally got some news here on the grid. Craig and Lara Lowndes, thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us, guys. All right, joining me for a chat this week. We're giving the other boys a week off. Of course, uh, Mark had that interview with Craig Lowndes and Richard's just having a week off, which is lovely for him, but uh, Dale Rogers joins us for a chat this week. How are you, Dale? Hello, Tony. I'm really well. We've got the whole show to ourselves, so we'll, uh, this will be the award winner. What havoc could we come up with? <laughs> hey, mate, uh, it's been an interesting week, and we'll talk F1 shortly because, boy, there was a lot happening in Bahrain over the weekend. But first of all, let's have a quick look at what's happening in the world of supercars, and it's not much 
except for the fact that uh, Auto Action have published a proposed calendar, which seems to be the calendar that has gone out to the teams and the TV and all that sort of stuff. Just needs to be finalised with a few signatures, I would have thought, but it looks pretty much like it will be the calendar for 2021. Yeah, it does, Tony. Um, There are still obviously questions about the Australian Grand Prix, and we believe that uh, the omission of Sandown from the calendar, which obviously is, I think, a loss to to the calendar, but but it is it is off for 2021. But we believe that it could be pegged in as the reserve for that March uh, 18 date, should um, the Formula One race at Albert Park not go ahead. And uh, uh, and whilst that's still a long way away, Tony, um, even as late as today, um, Craig Tiley from the uh, Australian Open. Uh, is still speculating whether or not the Australian Open Tennis Tournament will in fact occur. Um, it's it's more likely now to be in early February, and that's starting to get pretty close to uh, to March for the Grand Prix. So uh, uh, yeah, there's still a lot to play out with with just how uh, Australia and in particular Victoria is going to deal with bringing in large groups of uh, of international uh, players. I think Formula One, just to add to that, though, Tony has done an outstanding job in corralling their their people uh, as they've travelled around Europe uh, this year. Yeah, they certainly have. So on the on the list for Sandown is an opening race, which is uh, Bathurst, the Bathurst 500. A month yep. later, they come down for the Australian Grand Prix and then uh, go through the rest of it for us. Yeah, then it looks like Simmons would be the next stop, which is logical when the team... That's, that's a logical hop, and it's been done many times before. They leave Albert Park, go straight to the boat, and then go across to uh, to Simmons. Uh, obviously, there's some work. Some teams will stay here and then go. Uh, then back to Taylor Mend, which is announced. So that date has been announced at uh, at the Bend uh, in May. Uh, later in May, Winton, um, which if there's ever a way to penalise Winton, stick it in the middle of the year where we're all freezing. Uh, and then the two uh, northern rounds, Darwin at the end of May and... Uh, sorry, uh, Darwin in the middle of June and then Townsville early July. Those dates are pretty sealed because that's their normal dates. Uh, August 22, uh, Sydney Motorsport Park under lights. Uh, and that, again, is, is is in keeping with where that event's been. Yeah. Then, of course, Wanneroo. This is, the, this is the, 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 the weekend that would normally be at Sandown, September 11 and 12. That is an under light event as well, or an evening event. Uh, that's, that's a big haul. So you're going from Townsville to Sydney Motorsport Park to Wanneroo, and then uh, effectively a four-week break to come back to Bathurst, which is the only endurance race this year uh, that, that is on our on our leaked calendar, courtesy of Mark Fogarty. Uh, New Zealand is earmarked for late uh, in or early in November, and then back for a finale on the Gold Coast. Um, and I think the reason that that we are seeing that this is not yet uh, official, um, and indeed, you know, we're speculating on the order, but I think Fog has got this pretty close to being right. There is still question marks over the Gold Coast race. I think there's still contracts in play. Uh, as Sean Seymour has said, there's still the, the partners have to be, uh, or the various partners, the broadcast partners, the commercial partners, and, of course, governments, in, in case of a couple of those events, have to be locked away. But you can take to the bank that we'll be going to Bathurst twice for the Bathurst 500. And that's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. Yeah, great thing. Great, great place to start, Tony, isn't it, really? Starting at Bathurst with two 250K races. I think that's going to be an awesome start to the series. It's got a little bit of a NASCAR feel about it, doesn't it, with uh, starting their uh, first race at their major track, which is Daytona. 
Yeah, it has. And of course, it, it does replicate the Adelaide 500, which we're sadly uh, are going to miss, uh, being a 500k event to start the season off. So, um, uh, and, and it could be at the end of February, just as goddamn hot as it is in Adelaide as it is at Bathurst. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of factors coming to play. And I, it'll be great. As I said, I hope the Grand Prix goes ahead. I think there's been resolution on the various TV um, deals to be to be had, uh, and that will be a points race uh, should it go ahead. So, uh, look, it's it's a it's a condensed calendar, slightly condensed. They talked about fewer rounds. There are fewer rounds, but uh, apart from Sandown, I think you'd have to say that um, you know the major tracks are there and uh, potentially two events under lights, which is great. So uh, yeah, let's hope that uh, they can announce it pretty soon, and we can uh, we can we can plan our journey around the country next year. I think there's a good decision in regards to the Gold Coast being the final event. If you're uh, if you're looking for something and a little bit of an extra incentive for the Queensland government to make sure that they go through with it, you're giving them the final round, which means that the next night there's going to be major parties and the awards nights and all that for Porsche Carrera Cup, probably for supercars and for probably a few other categories. So that extra 24 to 48 hours of investment into that southeast Queensland region is a major incentive. Yeah, that's right, Tony. The, 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 the contract with New South Wales government has been in the last couple of years to finish the event in, in New South Wales, and uh, that gave them the event, uh, the gala event each year at various locations in the city, centre of the city. With Newcastle off the, off the calendar, uh, I agree with you. I think the Gold Coast is a, is a fantastic place to finish. It's a party event anyway. And uh, it'll be a great place to see the season out. And uh, interesting, though, even with the condensed uh, calendar, Tony, we're still running from February to December. So uh, um, I'm at a condensed number of events, I should say, but which really means that, you know, we're, we're in a lot of cases, we're looking at four weeks, you know, between events. And I know this is one of the great bugbears of trying to put a calendar on the ground, but, uh, you know, you start to fade out during football season and... Uh, yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, I think we'd all like to see more events, but but you know the costs of, of and, and moving the, the the circus around the country, the, the the not only the human cost but the cost of running the cars is incredibly high. Teams will be actually, of course, um, looking at building new cars for 2022, and with Gen Three on the way. So, uh, look, I think all in all, coming out of the year we're coming out of, if they can put that calendar on the ground and and run it, it's it's a good thing. Yeah, exactly right. And then obviously 2022 will be a different thing. Hopefully Sandown back into the fixture. Hopefully Adelaide back into the fixture as well if there's a change of government and uh, we start to look like a, a more normal year. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I think I think Sandown is a, is a, is a loss. Uh, it's always great. And, uh, you know, again, you look where you can take the racing to, to people and, uh, uh, you know, with respect, there's a lot, of those, a lot of those tracks that are a long way out of capital cities. Um, and uh, Sandown is a you know a ready-made complex, sort of 20 minutes out of or 30 minutes out of the centre of, of Melbourne. But uh, anyway, it's what it is. Um, I think the the two lights, the, the events under lights, have proved to be a great success, and they'll be they'll be great addition to see them back on the calendar. And of course, yeah. as we said um, a couple of times, the Bathurst uh, won't go astray. We had a great chat with Ryan Story last week, and one thing he didn't let go was the fact that uh, he was going to go onto the Australian Motor Racing Commission. We know that he's jumped off the V8 supercars commission and uh, relinquished his position there and now holds the position of chairperson for the uh, AMRC, which yeah. looks after motorsport here in Australia as part of Motorsport Australia. It's a, a lovely spot for him. It's fantastic and great recognition for Ryan. I mean, he's uh, he, he's done 
an enormous amount of work in a relatively short time. I think that you've got to remember that Ryan's not been, you know, a real fixture in this sport, um, a, a, is involved in industry for, for much more than a decade, but he's doing a, a, a fantastic job and he, he will be very good on that. And the, the motorsport has announced a condensed uh, a number of commissions, <coughs> pardon me, is a good thing. And um, effectively now there is a there is a, a motor racing commission, there's an off-road commission and a rally commission. And I think the people they've lined up on those uh, on those boards uh, are absolutely so uh, good on him. And uh, uh, he'll have a busy year, not only running his uh, his team, that'll be uh, people looking over his shoulders from America, but uh, this will be, I'm sure, a, a time-consuming thing. But uh, Ryan's up for it. He's, he's a very, very intelligent man, and uh, I think he'll do a great job. Certainly will. Uh, that's pretty much it for news and supercars. It's been a fairly quiet week. I think everyone's just waiting for the calendar to drop. Yeah, and look, uh, you know, the, the, the fact that the, the, the season finished at Bathurst, uh, uh, you know, we're normally finishing up around uh, this time at... Uh, uh, at Newcastle, uh, then there's a few ride days. Everyone packs up, but uh, you know most of the teams are home, um, and a uh, few ride days are happening. But in the main, they're finished, and they deserve to. I think they deserve their early break this year after the year that they've had. Particularly, our, our teams down here in Victoria have done an extraordinary job. So, yeah, look, a, a great end of the year at Bathurst, and, and really, I think congratulations to Supercars, as, as everyone has said that they've, it's, a, it's an awesome break, good break for the guys, and uh, we'll go racing again in 2021. Yeah, we certainly will. Let's turn our attention then to Formula One, Dale, and uh, what an amazing weekend it was. Saw a massive crash for Alex Albon on the Friday in his Red Bull, absolutely wrecked that. And uh, due his thumbs up to the uh, Red Bull mechanics for giving him a car that was fairly competitive on the Sunday, got him on a podium. But all eyes and all focus of the discussion from that race was on the first lap incident with Romain Grosjean heading under the Armco barrier. And uh, that car catching on fire and the escape and, and all that sort of stuff. Could you believe what you were seeing when you were watching it? Well, I wasn't still up at that time of the morning, but I'll be honest with you, I, uh, that one escaped me a little bit because it was a bit later, but uh, I did watch it in, early in the morning. And uh, boy, boy. Um, the one thing, Tony, I think that that, that uh, is important of this is that, that, that I don't like the word miracle being used. It's not a miracle he's alive at all. Um, it is extraordinary work that has been done over a long, long period of time, dating back to, to Jackie Stewart, to Sid Watkins, and all the people that have worked tirelessly on safety in motorsport, particularly in Formula One, because everything that they've done over the last 20, 25 years, uh, including um, the improvements to the, the, the actual driver's cell of the car, the introduction of the halo, uh, the introduction of hands device many years ago, the extraordinary um, work that goes into the driver apparel, and it's something I had a lot to do with in the, uh, in the early 2000s, um, that all those things came together uh, and really saved Ramon's life. So miracle, no, uh, hard work, fantastic, um, you know, presence of mind by the by our uh, uh, Alex Vandermeer and the doc uh, in the car to yeah. pull him behind, you know, playing the, fly, the fire extinguisher the right way to get him out. The fact that Grosjean was able to undo that that belt and climb out himself was was again, you know, just it just shows that yes, it's a bloody dangerous sport, and and I think this accident's brought it home to us. But 
what people who I guess are watching it from the 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 outside seeing this thing unru unravel was the uh, uh, that pretty well everything happened uh, in that accident that you would hope. I mean, it, it's now pretty certain that the halo sliced the arm cut. Um, the, the halo itself can withstand the weight of two double-decker buses. So, you know, this, this, without that halo, um, I don't think we'd be having this conversation in this tonality. Um, but also the fact that with a, a 50G crash at 135 miles an hour, um, you know, the hands device, keeping Romain in that, in that car, the, 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 the support that you always see the drivers pull out after the race before they climb out of the car, all those things um, worked. I guess the thing that was really um, a bit mind-blowing was the car splitting in half. Yeah. Um, and the just the, the fireball that it created. So um, uh, there's been a lot of discussion since, Tony, on, on the angle of the fencing, uh, whether it actually was at the right angle. And there is some... There's some discussion now to say that it's uh, it's it's it should have been about five degrees and it's at fifteen degrees. So there's a, there's, there's some there's some scientific uh, scientific technical work that has to be done, and I believe that the the concrete barriers will stay in that position for the uh, for the event next week. But look, all in all, I think you can just look at the 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 absolute bravery and and presence of mind of the officials and and the um, you know, the FIA guys at the scene of the accident. I know there's been a fire marshal criticised running across the track, but it's probably another story. Um, and the work that's gone in to, to make this. And really, I guess the turning point for Formula One was was Ayrton Senna's death. Um, the heightened awareness and safety, really, you can trace back to that day. And every so often, there's been a major, major step forward. And uh, uh, to, see it, to see it come at this way, and Roman really just with, with uh, some... Obviously, he'll be knocked around, and but he's got some minor burns. Uh, and again, um, you know, all his personal apparel and everything just worked worked very well. So, uh, extraordinary accident. Uh, there's no question about it. it was it was uh, uh, he's he's a guy that's that's had a few over the yeah, years. Hasn't he? he hasn't been shy to, uh, to to knock a few around. But uh, um, and and again, you know, I think if if, if you and I. Uh, go back, went back to that circuit. We were there for the supercars many, many years ago. Uh, if you said, look, a car's going to come catapulting off at turn three into that wall, you'd say, come on, you know, you're kidding me. But again, racing cars do strange things, don't they? They, they arrive in places they yeah. shouldn't arrive in, doing things that they shouldn't be doing very, very often. So, uh, so I, saw a, I saw a theory today that there may have been some damage to a car in front of Grosjean that may have flown off and hit the tyre and punctured it, hence the reason why he went right so severely. Yeah, he certainly moved across, didn't he? Um, you can see that clearly uh, from the onboard, but it, it, he did go across. That's possible. Um, uh, yeah, uh, there may well, it may well be. I, I think that, you know, the, the rollout of the inquiry will, will, will ascertain that. But uh, he did move across. But, you know, with no disrespect to Grosjean at all, he has been in a lot of first lap accidents. I mean, let's let's. Yeah, no, that's you're right. <laughs> and I'm not saying that. Please don't uh, troll me now that I've said that. But uh, he's he's a guy that likes to get on with it on lap one. Um, uh, but you may well be right. He may have been forced uh, forced to move right. But uh, uh, you know, I, and I think the, the the aftermath of it was was interesting, Tony, wasn't it? The well, some interesting reactions, no doubt about that, Dale. I think Bettle's reaction about the Armco. And the angle was quite interesting. I think Ricardo's reaction about the numerous replays that were shown were also quite interesting as well. Yeah. 
I think it, you know, what it does show is that, uh, albeit that they're fierce competitors, that there is a there is a very strong bond in that pit, in that Formula One pit. And uh, uh, I think Ricardo's point of showing it over and over and over again, whilst they were waiting to go racing, uh, was questionable. Uh, perhaps. Let's, let's talk about your view on this. Uh, my view is, is that once they found out that he was fine then I, I can understand the replays going on from that point of we, we do exactly the same in the AFL and, and other sports as well, that if there seems to be a serious injury, then the replays are basically withheld until there's some sort of, especially at the ground itself or at the track, not so much on TV. TV seem to be a, a, a league to themselves in regards to, to their rules, but there's no way that Ricardo would have known what TV was showing. He would have just seen what was happening on the track. Well, there's probably there's two things there. One is that, that your football analogy is a very good one, but the players do not walk into it if they're stopped or they have to go off the ground or, or if there was something major. They're not confronted with a, with a sea of television sets. Um, when the drivers got out of their cars in, in pit lane, every garage, uh, everything on the pit wall, there is a sea of TV monitors. So uh, even when they're sitting in their own pits, yeah. they're watching it. I totally agree that it was, it was handled correctly for uh, until we knew that Ramon was in the car, uh, in the medical car, and you could see him talking. Uh, totally right. The question is, is whether or not the feed uh, to the garages... Um, and the feeds are controlled, should have been the same as the feed to the world? And I think that's probably the question. Yes, I think if we were watching it, um, and, and it was certainly there was, it was not only a report from uh, the team, but also you could see the medical car that, that Roman was on the way and, and, and they were moving him and they, they chopped him out. Um, I think Ricardo's point was that, that, that seeing it in the pit lane to that extent, he was it upset him, and, and I think that's that's uh, uh, that's that's a fair comment. But whether or not the feed should have been um, uh, sent globally to to ourselves watching it on TV with what we saw, and uh, should have been uh, petered off a little bit in the pit lane, I think that's a, that's a question. And if you think back to to the Eden Center accident, um, the feed was actually cut um, globally albeit that, as I understand, the feed continued in the garages okay. where you could see quite clearly what was going on uh, with Ayrton in the car. So, look, it's a very fine line, isn't it? Um, um, I, I, I totally concur with you, though, is once that you know that the person that, that, that is involved is uh, conscious, uh, is not obviously in a serious, serious way, and Grosjean yeah. clearly wasn't, uh, I, I think it's it's a pretty fair um, fair thing to show. And look, it, it, you know, this sport, a big part of this sport and a big part of the appeal of this sport is that danger side of it. Um, you know, people watch NASCAR for crashes, not necessarily for racing. So, uh, yeah, look, it's interesting. And I, I don't think there's any right answer to it. We've all got our opinions on it. But I didn't think it was uh, completely over the top, I've got to say, when I watched it. Now, mate, Pete the Plumber. A little bit excited about it all, Pete. The, yeah, Randy, Randy, the Randy the plumber. So, yeah, well, he's my, look. If you, as I said, on the, if you want to know what's going on, you just you follow Randy. He he had the whole thing sussed. I was uh, I was very fortunate to. Uh, normally, we would have you as our F one correspondent in the news, Dale, but 
it was great that Randy put his hand up and said that he would be our correspondent for this week. He'd give it a run. That's this week. Thankful to him for doing that. Uh, Lewis Hamilton takes another win. Yeah. Boring now. Give someone else a chance, mate. Come on. Yeah, but... uh... You know what the worst part about it is for me? Is that now that cars and teams are focused on 2021 and the product that we're offering for 2021 in Formula One, there's going to be no changes to these cars in the next two weeks. So we're pretty much going to see same old, same old, I would have thought, for this race in Bahrain and Abu Dhabi. Yeah, well, I mean, if you take the, 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 the latter first, Abu Dhabi, um, although a visually beautiful track, is a shocking racetrack for racing. Um, yeah. it, it's, it just doesn't deliver. There's a couple of corners that if you get a run on it, you can do it, and it's all, it's all DRS-driven. However... Looking at the map of Bahrain on the outer ring, um, it's about four corners on a three and a half kilometre track. It is just going to be an absolute, absolute pedal to the metal, flat out um, race. It's going to be an extraordinary car race, won't it? Well, in, in, in a way, yeah, it's, it's going to be weird. We've never seen these cars um, just go from, you know, a little wiggle to a long straight after long straight after long straight. So... Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, the two straights that are being used at the moment, you know, a 325-kilometre straight. So God knows what we're going to be doing at the, the end of it. So from a DRS perspective, you may find that um, the run you get catapults you forward, literally. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you're right. Look, they, they, they've got the best car by a mile. But I, Tony, what, I think what is interesting is that Dan, uh, although he didn't have the best race, he, he did scramble some points, and he's back in fourth place. Um, at 102 points in front of Perez, who had the major blow-up, who's he's now past Perez. Uh, Leclerc's up to 98, and Lando's on 86, and Sainz is on 85, and Albon's on 85. Yeah. So from fourth to ninth, separated by, if my mathematics are right, about 17 points. So um, it's it's you know the the battle for once you leave the top three for the points is is fantastic, and and the constructors too. So. Um, Ricardo's in a great spot. Um, he's just got to keep bundling him up. But but you know those the uh, the 2019 Mercedes uh, cloaked as a racing point. Um, you know Perez looks like he could he could quite easily do that. But uh, great, you know. So it's a great points battle. Uh, I mean Hamilton's gone and in the and really, uh, you know, Verstappen could catch um, Bottas as well. Yeah, he could. Um, so um, it's a and, couple of DNFs now for Valtteri in the last few races. Yeah, look, he's. You know, I tell you what, he, he's a driver, Tony. In my opinion, that if when he's up, he's fine, and when he's down, boy, oh boy, he is. He really cracks the sads, doesn't he? You know, a lot of things. I know he's got a bit of the Mark Webber car about him. Things go wrong with his car, but um, he just does not like look as though he's enjoying this at all at the moment. No, exactly right, and good to see too that uh, they've already announced the uh, driver for. Romain Grosjean, his replacement at Haas for this weekend, and Pietro yeah. Fittipaldi is uh, yes, being given the steer. How's that name coming back into form? Yeah, I know. So, uh, yeah, obviously connections with the Haas team. It was a bit of a surprise, I thought, um, that he'd be the choice. But uh, I guess the, the guys that you would want to see in the in the car are all battling uh, for the F2 um, championship, in particular um, Mick Schumacher and uh, Callum Eilert, who's actually announced he won't be driving next year. Uh, and, and Nikita Mesopan. So all the guys that are lining up for that drive are, are racing in F2. So clearly, um, 
you know, you couldn't have pulled one of those guys out because yeah. they're, they're in championship mode. So I guess what they've had to do is look at uh, the availability and he's, he's got a house connection. So uh, a great name to have back in. I think, uh, um, you know, just just to, uh, just to well, just to finish will be a huge effort for him. I mean, the car's not good anyway. Um, and uh, they certainly won't be giving him Romain's car. Or, uh, no, not or should I say the remains of Romain's car? Yeah. No, that's uh, definitely... No, it's good. It's good to have a young... fire sale on that one. (laughs) Uh, The grandson of two-time FIA Formula One world champion and, of course, double Indy 500 winner Emerson Fittipaldi. Pietro uh, getting that drive for Romain Grosjean. Some interesting news uh, from Audi this week. Yeah, look, this is is big news. I reckon that that this is the first of the manufacturers, Tony, that have actually said uh, we're, we're leaving Formula E. Now, I'm, I'm of the opinion that uh, when they all dumped Formula One to go and onto this electric madness with Formula E, that it was only a matter of time before the manufacturers said, yes, we've done that, now we'll move on again. And sure enough, here comes Audi, and they've done it. But what they've, what they've committed to is really interesting. They are back in at Le Mans, um, uh, but not in a, in a hypercar, but in the uh, Le Mans LMDH, which is the Le Mans Daytona um, hybrid so it's effectively looks very much like um, the LMP1 cars of today. Um, They've also announced that they will move to uh, focus on Dakar and that will be their electric uh, program and they'll run the the new car and that but it's it's really interesting when you look at what Audi have moved out of in recent years and this is this is fascinating given the size of the group I mean you're talking about a massive conglomerate but in in recent times they've axed the Audi DTM program the VW World Rally Championship program the LMP1 Audi World Endurance Championship which of course they've now announced they're coming back to under the the new rules the Audi World Rally Cross team the factory Audi and Volkswagen World Touring Car programs so there's and and now of course Formula E so they'll continue to be a Formula E partner because they do obviously have uh, power units and, and these electrical engines in those cars. But um, this is—I think it's a—it's a—it's a big loss for um, uh, for Formula E. And I just wonder, Tony, whether or not this is the first chink in the armour for the category that uh, was going to take the world so over. Um, it's certainly—it's not taken my world over by any stretch. I find it uh, all a bit Mickey Mouse, but. Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's you, with honesty though. What don't you like about it? I'd love to see the cars on a real racetrack, Tony. I, yeah. I just I think the cars that the, the circuits they run on are just so stupid. You know, you, you've got some of the corners you've got to do a three point turn to get round the bloody corner. Um, so I just find that, that the whole show is is you know I love street racing. Um, you know, I'd love to see those cars on some of the tracks that the Indy cars go to or, or some of the other the Formula 3s go to. But I'd also love to see them at Donington or I'd love to see them at, uh, um, you know, an American road road course uh, because I think that the circuits they race on and they take the, the, all about bringing it to the people in, inside the city. Well, most of the events are free, so of course they get a crowd. Um, um, they're just Mickey Mouse tracks. Yeah. I, I mean, I... I you know, in some cases, it's barely one and a half cars wide. So, um, no, I'm sorry. It just never turned me on. I mean, they crash a lot, I guess. That's something. <laughs> but it, that's big news for Audi. So, um, but it's great to see because it starts to formulate now this the hypercar, which we've had a couple of manufacturers uh, commit to, 
Uh, Aston Martin, obviously, are in. Toyota are in. Uh, and this Peugeot is still vacillating a bit, and Glickenhaus, one of the one of the small constructors, are in. So there will be some hypercars, but having Audi back in this uh, LMDH formula, which which brings in the the IMSA cars, um, I think will kickstart uh, World Endurance Championship sports car racing again uh, after it's had a couple of uh, pretty up and down seasons. Talk to Porsche could be entering uh, re-entering the category as well. Yeah, well, that's quite possible, isn't it? I mean, it, the sports car racing tends to do this. It, it tends to bring, you know, you get one of them in. Toyota have stayed, thankfully, which is great. And then, uh, you know, it tends to bring them back in. And sports car racing, in, and now that it has a couple of different avenues to racing in the World Endurance Championship, um, I think is a lot, often a lot more relevant to the people that are buying those cars, you know, the buying that mark of car. Far more relevant than the, the electrification of, a, of a, 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 an open-wheel concept. So... Um, you know, for me, I think it's it's a great thing, and look, I'm I'm an unashamed sports car fan, but uh, I think it's, it could be a really good thing. It, it does start to set the season up well for next year. So yeah, good good news, all good news. Good news, mate, and the good news that I was told today that you and I will be doing this little segment together was even better. So oh, thank you, Tony. Thank you for your work today, mate. Really appreciate it. And look forward to catching up with you again soon. You too, mate. See you soon. Dale Rogers joining us here on the grid, and thank you for joining us as well. Hope you've had another great show. Hope you've had another great week. We look forward to catching up with you again next week, right here. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.